Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Co-host for the Friday podcast. His name is Prez. That is at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just enjoying the highlights of random NBA studs just beasting in international exhibition games that I forgot were happening. And uh yeah, it just shows you how good dudes like Giannis and Franz and others really are. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been cool to watch. I haven't watched any of it, uh, and I probably won't because I am pretty I, – I need a break from basketball, which is why I host a podcast about basketball. It's great. Uh, but before we get started, I do have to make an announcement with Strickland does have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday. This one right here that I do with press. You also get access to the Strickland mailbag. The Doug bag, though. One hosted by Drew Steele that comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord. The conversation never stops, even during the dog days of August. There is a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Conley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, even potentially hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started talking about, I have no idea, uh, because it is <laughs> subject matter here. Um, but I guess we can get started. You know, I don't. I actually have zero desire to talk about the Knicks. I don't think... You don't want to talk about random pickup games in the Bronx in August? <laughs> There's literally nothing to talk about with this team right now. <laughs> Um, there's nothing new that's going on. I don't care what happened. I really don't care what happened in a pickup game. Uh, <laughs> I especially don't care how people played in the pickup game because yeah. if you've ever played pickup basketball, you would know that there are times you go play pickup and you're just like, I'm not trying today. That's it. Like, that's, that's what's happening. I'm not trying today. Uh, and I just, I don't feel like litigating it. it I don't care. Um, did I watch some of it? I watched most of it, actually. And I would say that there are some things that I saw that tie into your wonderful article that you wrote about Julius Randle uh, and make me, you know, um, 
I, I would say, I don't want to, again, I really don't want to do too much about this, but I would say that I saw some things in the pickup game that strengthen very little, since my beliefs on this are very strengthened already, but would strengthen my belief that uh, the Knicks would be best served trading Julius and moving on. But um, I already held that opinion before the pickup game. It would not, that game would not have been like the, yeah, it, yeah. It could never You're not like well, well. Now, now that I've seen that, <laughs> yeah, it could have never served as a tipping point. Yeah. Um, shout out to Knicks uh, Knicks fan TV for for streaming that. I thought it was pretty fun um, to watch. And uh, for people who don't know what Schwinn is talking about, um, in terms of my article, I just put a Julius piece out that basically looks at um, his game, mostly his offense in different years. Um, not every year, but almost every year uh, since he had his first real good season with the Lakers and how it changes. And, you know, we always hear people talk about like, well, if Julius Randle could do this or play this way or simply change that, then, you know, he can contribute to the Knicks team without being like superstar Julius. And it kind of examines that too. So it's a pretty long piece, but uh, check it out. If, if you, uh, I, I don't know who, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't want to read about Julius to be honest, but he's just kind of, it's like morbidly fascinating. So I wrote about it anyway, and I don't plan on rereading what I wrote. So check it out. Um, I think morbid is the right word. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can't say... I read it. It was really good. Uh, I agreed with your ultimate conclusion. Um, can't say I would have bothered to to do any of the extended work you did to reach that conclusion. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think he's going to... I just can't see him. Sorry. I, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden buy into, like, being the best Draymond version of himself that he could be. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't do the Julia stuff. Like, I just, I can't have no energy for this guy anymore. I don't know how anybody has energy to debate Julius Randle in August. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, he's not here. If he's here, I will freak out about it um, when I need to freak <laughs> out about it because right now I don't need to. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Knicks though. The Knicks are boring. Nothing is happening with the Donovan Mitchell stuff that we know of at all recently. Um, I'm sure Tony Jones will have some su super very important <laughs> note telling us absolutely nothing in a couple of days. Um, we can talk a little bit about Brooklyn, though. Uh, they've had a hell of a week. Um, you know, uh, I said I was about to say Julius Randle. I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish he would formally request a trade. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Kevin Durant has formally requested a trade, and he reiterated that stance, uh, apparently in London last weekend, I think, uh, when meeting with Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Super benevolent guy, definitely a good person. Um, but I just, like, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy everything about it. It's like, honestly the biggest W I've ever had in my life in anything related to basketball because, like, I don't think anything that's happened in Brooklyn, it couldn't go, it couldn't be going any worse 
Like, it, every time I'm like, there's, it just can't get worse than this, it gets worse. Because not only does he demand a trade, again, not only does he, like, let him know, like, hey, look, I really want to trade, but he's also, like, he kind of just, cre- I, I think he, like, really nuked the situation almost entirely, because he's like, but if you're going to keep me, I would be okay with that if you fire general managers Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I know there are people that are like, well, you should just do it. It's Kevin Durant. You know, these guys don't matter. Like, Steve Nash sucks at his job. But I don't really think it's even about that. I just think if you're, like, look, Joe Sy's a billionaire. He's been paying out of his ass for, like, three years. For this team that has, honestly, like, I, I think it's done easy. shit. If they've done nothing. Not even, that would be, like, an under, they've been the most underwhelming team I can ever remember. Like, and, and even if we're, because I know, I think we all know the first season, you know, Durant's not going to play. Like, it's whatever, right? Nobody cared about that. But, like, the last two years, it's like they won one playoff series, and it's just been endless drama. Uh, you know, the Harden of it all is another aspect. They trade for Harden, and he's also gone. Like, it's crazy. But, like, if you're him, at some point, you're just like, look, I gave you guys everything you asked for. What have you given me? So why do you like? Why am I going to continue to just go down this path and giving you everything you want? And ultimately, I think that's. I just can't see this. I've heard like I've seen a few people, national media guys, trying to like paint this as like I don't hate their situation. You know, they can trade Kevin Durant and get stuff, or like if they just run it back. Like I kind of like the roster moves they made. It's just like guys. Like I know that TJ Warren played really fucking well in the bubble. That was two years ago. He's not played bas- NBA basketball for like two years. Okay, I, it's it's just funny because they've like exited on, on the spectrum of expectations. They're such a sunken ship that the bar for them is basically like a quirky coming up NBA team that is curious, like Memphis before last season or something like that. Where it's like, well, you know, they have some interesting guys on their roster. Like, is aren't they like what a fun league pass team? Like, that's how they get talked about now. And I can't decide if that's just because everybody has already accepted that it's a fail a huge failure and has gotten over the you know, like, wow, isn't that weird? Let's make fun of them phase, or if that phase never happened. Like, yeah, never, I was gonna say if that phase never even really happened because it just we it, just you know, skipped it. Well, all you say is like, it never happened because it it felt like every few days during like the last couple of years, like literally during the season, it felt every, like every few days there was some new stupid thing that was going on that you had to talk about. But like, yeah, I mean, it obviously they don't get the clowning that other like the Knicks would, uh, but other teams would. I think the Lakers would be getting clowned nonstop, right? Um, but like, it's just, I, I honestly don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's such a weird situation because, so like he asked for trade and then he, you know, reiterates it. And then he, uh, he's like, but if you fired the general manager and coach, I'm okay. I just don't know, like forgetting all of the other drama that has preceded it and all this shit. Just if you're like, if you're the owner of the team, I feel like 
you can't fire your head coach and your GM just because a player wants to. Like, I really, and, and a player, like, quite frankly, yeah, I won't forget, we're doing the Durant thing, right? If we're going to do the Durant thing, like, the reality of the situation is that Durant is like, we were talking about this in our Discord yesterday, but he is like the Fredo Corleone version of LeBron James's, you know, maneuvering to control his career. Right, like he's, he's the opposite to, of that. He's the opposite of that. He, he's tried. To, he's tried to copy LeBron, but he just does it in the dumbest, stupidest ways possible. Where it's like, who is advising you, man? Like, see, to me, to me, it's not that. It's not trying to do. He's just impulsive. He wants to win, but he's impulsive, and I don't mean that. Like, like. He's impulsive beyond basketball. Like you read about his personality and the way he changes his decisions about like not just basketball but his his life. Like his, I think he proposed to his wife like on a whim, literally. Like they barely knew, like just in the club or something like that. So he just he's clearly somebody who just changes his mind on a whim and leans one thousand percent into it. And I don't think there's an off switch for him. I don't think LeBron has a cell like that in his brain in terms of doing things impulsively. He's like the complete opposite of that. What that's they what, share. That's, why, yeah, that's yeah. why I think he's the shitty version of LeBron. Because like <laughs> yeah. LeBron LeBron's like, okay, I want to do this thing for the next however many years. Right? So like once like once he decided I'm going to Miami the first time. Or no, he went to Miami once. Once he decided I'm gonna to go to Miami, I promise you. As soon as that happened, Kim and his like crew are already in like they're already spending time thinking about like, okay, what's the next move? Is the next move staying in Miami? Is it going to LA? Is it going to New York? Is it going to what? and they settle on okay, you know what, Cleveland, this is actually a good spot. Let's go back to Cleveland. And there's a great story and we can sell it and repackage it. And like honestly, I think anybody that thinks that's not part of what LeBron has done, like there's a storytelling thing going on with how he wants to shape his career and I'm fine with that you know whatever that's his thing that's part of, as soon as he goes back to Cleveland I promise you he is thinking like always 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 thinking okay is the situation still good is it still good can I still compete here mm-hmm. I want to be here and at some point I think he was like you know probably it was when he was like okay Kyrie's unstable that he forces a trade out right he goes to Boston at that point he's probably like look there, there's no way we're winning a championship again so this is my last year. I'm going to LA, and he's probably doing the same thing in LA. Although I, I think he ends up staying for another year or two. We'll see. Anyway, the point is like, I agree with you. Like LeBron does all of that shit in very meticulous, methodical. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to say Machiavellian because it's not really sinister if you think about it. It's just like. No, he's just very thorough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's a very it's very lawyerly. You should have It is. It, it it's it's uh he's thorough and unsparing, but not in the positive or negative connotation way, just like the descriptive way. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, he just like a, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a bore it's not even like a fun trial lawyer thing. Right. It's like it's like a very, you know, like I'm a contract lawyer. Oh, cool. Right. So so you just know all the details. All right, cool, man. Uh, and like, KD is the opposite because he's he wants to have all these like grandiose things, but like he doesn't think about the he can't settle on something 
because he doesn't I don't I think part of it is probably that he like ultimately if you were like what do you actually want out of your career like what are you hoping like if you ask LeBron right what do you want to be I want to remember his greatest player of all time that's it like I I mean I'm sure there's other shit he cares about obviously but professionally in his basketball career that's what he wants to be I think KD wants that everybody every player wants that but it's not like like I don't I don't think he has any clue of what that even means and it lends and like and then because of that he doesn't even know what he's trying what kind of situation he's trying to get into right like it's not is it about stacking talent is it about playing with your friends is it a, like there's no clear idea with him and then it's like you know he's like it seems like he's really jaded by the OKC years which like okay I get that he didn't win and I'm positive that playing with Russ was super annoying. I actually, I went back today, and it's, I, don't, I don't, I don't even know why. I think we were talking about Chris Paul in, uh, in the Discord for a second, and I wanted to go back and watch the end of that. You remember that ridiculous uh, Clippers OKC game where Chris Paul turned the ball over like mm-hmm. twice, and one of them was trying to draw a foul on a seventy-foot three-point shot for no mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> but if you go back and watch it. He also fouls Russell Westbrook on a three. It's actually not a foul, by the way. Uh, but he fouls Russell Westbrook on a three when they're up two. So whatever. Russell Westbrook goes to the line. He makes all three free throws. But what really stood out to me is he didn't foul him. And if you look at the shot Russell Westbrook took, it's predictably just terrible. Like, just, mm-hmm. it's a it's a rush shot. You know, you know exactly Russ, the last 10 seconds of a big game, he's just going to put up whatever nonsense. Um but, you know, we know there are countless examples of that, of Russ doing stupid shit. So I get, like, that's frustrating and, you know, uh, OKC, they didn't put around, put enough shooters around him and all these kind of things. So he goes to Golden State, right, which is, like, the perfect he, – he always tries to – I think if there's one thing he wants to present himself as, it's, like, this basketball savant who is playing and operating and understanding the game on this level that us peasants – on Twitter could never comprehend, which we can't comprehend, to be quite honest. But, like, I also know bullshit when I see bullshit. And so, like, don't try and tell me you went to Golden State to, like, experience this higher level and then say the same thing when you left Golden State to go to Brooklyn? Really? You left to go play at a higher level of basketball? But no, it's, it's not. It, it just There's nothing cohesive there with any of his, like, what is the? Why would you go from Golden State to Brooklyn? Like the only reason is to just play with his friends in a in in a big city. Like that's on, a, on an impulse. It, it's yeah. it's wild to be. There's very few people who are both indecisive and very impulsive, and he is very much both qualities. Like. I don't know what I want. I don't know what the best situation is. I know some of these situations are supposed to be good situations. I don't know how good. Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to sign my thing. I'm not even going to put a, I'm not even going to get a player option. Yo, that's I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the, more to blame him or Marks or their whole no, front office. Well, that's, that's, that's climbing. I, if I was the front office, I would have been like, like I, if he was, if, if you got him and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll just do the guaranteed four years. I'd be like, Okay, yeah, let's get that signed right now. Then let's just go ahead and do that. Uh, that's like, like that's like when one of the homies gives you sends you a fantasy trade, and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna fucking 
pose them. I need to accept this right now. It doesn't matter what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's that's exactly what it is. And it's like I, I don't know. It's just that's that's the one to me where it's like that just shows you he has no his business sense is so poor. Like not not because I mean look, you got four years, 198 million, that's fine. But it's just like how do you not like the way you should plan stuff is that's not, not he doesn't everything. plan. He doesn't right, plan. The guy was like, oh, this, I'm just going to play with the homies to end my career. That's literally what he probably thought. So he well, was just he like, just, whatever. Like, he just doesn't think. Like, when you're fucking with, like, your nephews and nieces, they just don't think. They're, like, 10 years old. That's how he thinks. It's so crazy, though. Like, it's, like, even if you, he wanted to sign it, he could have just been like, look, just leave it there. I'll sign it once, you know, once you get everybody else to sign, I'll, I'm, I'm down. I'm ready. I'm ready to sign it. Get Kyrie signed up. Get Harden signed up. We're ready to go. I I kind of just don't understand how like that all went down because he signed mm-hmm. his extension. Kyrie, I guess, doesn't. I mean, this might have been from their front office, right? Where they were probably like, "Hey, are you going to get vaxxed, bro? Because we need you vaxxed for this year." And he's probably you know telling them Kyrie things, like sending them YouTube clips of you know some like Illuminati conspiracy found the other day. Um, and they're probably, I mean, they probably just didn't give it to him because they knew he wasn't going to get vaxxed. And they're like, we don't know how this is going to play out. So let's just see. And then Harden was probably just like, yeah, you know, um, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, I'm going to go to Paris for a second. <laughs> I'll be back in a few months. But like, I, I don't know. I just... It's just crazy to me to not get the player option is so insane because if you say I want a player option, they're never going to say no. They're going to be like, okay, fine. Yeah, not to Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, it's and if, if you're and the thing is, he's got to be in that. I know he's impulsive, but I'm sure his manager, who is Rich Kleiman, uh, I'm sure he's in that room, right? Like, or at least he runs it by him before he does that. And how are you as his manager not like? Look, even if you want to stay the guaranteed four years, just get the player option. You know what I mean? Just get that. That would, like because if you want it, if you want to stay there, you can just opt in. If you want to leave at that point, you can opt out. Like yeah, climate no didn't do it. You should be like flagging that at the very least and explaining it. Like that's yeah, that's all on him. <laughs> I, I, and actually, it's funny you mentioned the impulse thing because I think he's told this story. I, I know he's told the story. I don't remember when or. Exactly. Well, but he talks about how, like, after he committed to signing in Golden State, and, you know, there was all this uh, blowback on, on him, right, from fans, from media, whatever, for that decision, mm-hmm. where he's, like, talking to Rich Kleiman. He's like, yo, what the fuck did you, like, tell me to do? Like, this is, like, look at how this is, like, kind of just, like, this is insane. Like, I'm getting so much hate for this shit. Um, and then, you know, whatever. He gets over it. But, like, that that reaction just says it all, right? It's just like that's super interesting. I'd never heard that. Yeah, well, it's just like how, so you, you didn't like it's just <laughs> it's like do you like do you have a mind? Like I I don't understand. I really don't understand him. Um, and I'm just like really curious to see what happens because you know I think the Celtics thing is really interesting. I don't think I would trade for him in front of the Celtics, but I also get it like i can see why they would do it i, I don't know there that's that's one that's really interesting to me 
Yeah. I... I would do it, even though there's a huge uh, variance of outcomes, to be honest. Probably more so than if you keep... Just on the court, forget the future shit. Like, you're almost certainly getting more games out of your current guys than you are, uh, except for Robert Williams, um, out of KD. And just so so people know, I'm sure that anybody listening to this would already know, but whatever, I'll just say it. The reports were, there was a report today that came out that the Celtics asked for Tatum and Brown, and I believe the Celtics, which makes some sense, that the Celtics would then counter which this is a report that came out earlier from Shams like a few weeks ago, that Boston had offered Jalen Brown, Derek White in a pick. And, I mean, if there is a trade to be made, it's obviously going to be somewhere in the middle. So mm-hmm. that's, what you're, that's what you're talking about. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's just like, this the wind if you think of avenues to improvement like yes you can bank on Jalen and Jason having subsequent jumps they're not out of their prime or anything but like if you can get to play with house money you get you got and it's reasonable like i don't know i i probably have more risk tolerance in this than you if you can keep Jason but have wait what are what would the offers be if it was just Jalen Brown and picks like who else is going out smart? So, I or would think it be that, a combo of guys? I, I guess I, it depends. This is this is just my guess. Yeah, I have zero intel. Not an insider. Not Woj. Um, but okay, I just got to tell you this. I I think you oh, well, you might laugh at this, but you'll also probably hate me for it. <laughs> I just saw a tweet from somebody. <laughs> you know that clip from the Last Dance of like Rodman explaining his rebounding, and he's like. Yeah, the ball it went this way. Click, 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 wow. click. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the person has that clip, and it's like Yankees explaining how they run the bases. Oh my god, <laughs> it's true. I don't want to talk about that right now. I think though we're, we're getting we're going to get back on track, but I don't know. That's that's just it's some weird shit that's been going on, man. Uh, all right, back to the basketball. Um, I think I think the deal would be something like Jalen Brown. And I feel like the inflection point here is I bet that if Brooklyn pushes for, hey, look, just give us – we want the three first that you can trade. I actually think Boston would get pretty close to just doing that. Like you're not going to just start off there, but I feel like they would do two and then maybe push for like, hey, give us – Top four protection on the third one, or top five, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. I think like the pick stuff doesn't. I, I think they can. Fi- they'll figure that out. Yeah, but if yeah. If Boston, you don't take that, if you're Brooklyn well, yeah. and you don't take that, that's just, then then you're then you're super okay keeping him. Well, it's also like, and then I think the thing for them though is they offer Derek White, and Brooklyn wants Smart. Which I get. Like mm. I would, I I would much rather have Smart than Derek White. At the same time, if you're Brooklyn, you're not going to get a better player in return for Kevin Durant right. right now than Jalen Brown. I think you can get the picks. Obviously, there's no way to know that, but you can get you if you get like two 
two unprotected firsts, even though they are Boston picks, they're probably going to be great picks. Or not great picks, sorry, but like not good picks because they'll be a very competitive team. Okay, fine. But it's two firsts. You don't have picks going forward, really. And then you get a third one that's a slight protection. That's that that's good for you. You don't have that. And then it's a matter of like, okay, are you really gonna walk away from that because you don't get Marcus Smart? And they want you to take Derek White instead? Because I understand Derek White is flawed, but Derek White's still good. And you can't tank. Like if you're starting backcourt now next year, just going into it, is Derek White and Jalen Brown and who the fuck knows what you do with Kyrie Irving or whatever, but like that's not bad. Like that's actually that's, pretty good. That's three good defenders and with Simmons. Yeah, like that's a team that you know. Yeah, is there going to be some? Are they going to win the East or be super competitive in the East? No, but like they could be a playoff team for sure, and they could be. You know who knows? Like in a couple of years, we know how much shit changes in the league. But like you're not going to get a better player in return than twenty five year old Jalen Brown. You're just not. And like I saw, you know, there was a report today that. They're interested. Like Kevin Durant would like to go to Philly. Also, that'd be another team that he's interested in. And Philly just doesn't have enough picks. And it's like, okay, well, you can get Maxi. And I really like Maxi. I think you probably like him more than I do, even. But like, I'm sorry that right now, I don't care what his true shooting percentage is or what stat. Like, they are not on the same level. Like, and and they might never be because what Jalen Brown is is really good. He's like a top. He's so basically a perennial all-star caliber player at this point. I think it's safe to say. Um, like he's probably going to be a six, seven-time all-star minimum, I would think, barring any injuries. And that's a really good player. Like if Tyrese Maxey makes five all-star teams, that would be unreal. You know what I mean? Like there's no guarantee. As good as Maxey is, there's no guarantee he gets Jalen Brown level. And Jalen Brown just balled out in the final. I don't want to say maybe not balled out, but like. He played. He was probably he was the Celtics' best player in the finals. So I don't know, man. I, I think if you don't take that for Brooklyn, you're just you're being really greedy. Yeah, I don't understand what you can get younger, bluer chip guys for that, but they're gonna be more van- like I'm thinking of a recent like a Jabari Smith type player where you can get like. Someone like that, but again, even though they're top level prospects who are younger, they're not gonna. It's no guarantee they get to fucking Jalen Brown level. He's one of the elite wings in the league that revolves around elite wings. It's pretty, you know, just because we see him with Tatum all the time, sometimes he gets slept on. But yeah, I don't know. Yet, like, who who's giving them a better combo of player of? players and picks with the extra weight on the player. I have no idea. It's I don't know what like, under 26 guy is going to be the centerpiece guy. Like, yeah, and, and maybe I... Like a, but would Memphis... Like, there's just... No, no. I don't, yeah. I don't really think Memphis would do that. And No, I don't think so either. You know, like, I keep... Oh, well, the Nets have leverage because Kevin Durant has four years left on his contract. Like... Do they really have leverage in this situation? It doesn't seem like it because he's basically said he doesn't want to play for the coach you employ or the GM that you employ. So your leverage is just the only. The only way I would imagine them having leverage is like you're like I'm thinking of a movie where like 
some hooligan corner somebody in alley and the only thing you can do is pick up the bottle next to you and throw it like you could just while out because you're fucked and that's just you know if you get anything out of that you're good but yeah i don't know i really think like the you know we see every year articles about like so-and-so willing to sit this player blah 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 for trade and it 99 percent of the time it doesn't happen so I'm never going to, anytime that's a threat, I'm not going to believe that. So yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, even though they have leverage, it's a little more theoretical. Well, it's like their leverage is, I don't think they have leverage to keep him. I think they have leverage where it's like, it's a four-year contract. So you got to give us something, right? And like, mm-hmm. if, if we want to tie it back to the Knicks, this is like the Donovan Mitchell thing, where it's like, nobody's thinking we're going to get Donovan Mitchell for nothing, man. But there's a difference between We'll give you something versus we'll give you everything. Like mm-hmm. everything is everything is not happening for Donovan Mitchell, and it's not happening for Kevin Durant. Like he's if he was twenty eight, yes, you get everything. If he's yeah. twenty eight, you get everything. But he's thirty four, coming off he's he's had an Achilles injury right three years ago. He's played ninety games in the two years since since missing that full season. Um. And I've seen a lot of people like dismiss the playoff performance he just had. Like, I don't think it means he's done. I'm not dismissing it though, because look, they got swept. They're the only team in the playoffs that got swept. Uh, was the supporting cast great? No, but you had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry, I expect you to win one game. So they get swept, and Durant was terrible in that series. He was so bad. And it's just like like and that worries me not be, yeah, not because I think that he's bad, but it's like I don't know. Like I, I, I think it says something if you played that poorly against the best defense in the league, um, when you're that caliber of player, right? Like I I just I he's a little creaky now, the way he moves. I, he doesn't get to the rim. I don't know. I wouldn't feel great about like like, there's a price you have to pay if you're interested in getting him. But I really wouldn't feel great about it if I were Boston. I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, too risk-averse on that. But I'm just, like, unless I think Jalen Brown is leaving in two years, I would not make this move. What if you're not sure what Jalen Brown's going to do? I I mean, I would have an idea, right? Like, I mean, I have no idea. I have no clue. Jalen Brown's been with my team for fucking six years. I have no idea what he's going to do. Well, you know, say you know, no, say you know that he, you know that he likes what you've done, but he wants to hear out other teams in winning situations. Uh, I have a fifth year I can offer him. If I'm comfortable playing the fifth, paying the fifth year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna play. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't yeah. see I don't see a situation he would look at and be like Oh that's a that's better winning situation. Yeah. That's a better <laughs> winning situation. Like now if you're worried that he doesn't love being the number two guy on every in every conversation on the team behind Jason Tatum, I mean that's something to consider. If that was mm. the concern, I would understand, like, okay, maybe you're trying to get ahead of something that is going to become an issue one way or the other at some point in time. 
But unless that's the case, I just wouldn't do it. Like, I, I, I don't love betting on Kevin Durant at age 34. Like, I, I kind of think he's already in decline, which I know looks, sounds crazy when you look at the numbers he put up last year. Um, but I just can't, he can't get to the rim anymore. Like, uh, that worries me. Uh, I think his, I, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to say this. I think he's like, there's something about him that, injects this like morose just uh very like it's not even selfish but it's very individualistic energy like i don't there's something about what like, he's like a ringer who just joined your team and you don't know how many games he can play for like he's he's a you know he's good but he's right he's a mercenary like there's no Right. When he's on he your is, team and pointed in the right direction is great, but you don't know how long that's going to last. <laughs> and then when, and he's so good, right? He's so good and he's so talented and he commands rightfully in a lot of ways, so much of your organizational energy and focus that once he starts kind of, you know, he loses that focus and now he's worried about this thing or that thing or he's not happy with that and he wants this thing changed. And, like, when, like it's – there's so much shit with him where, like, that Warriors team, Steve Kerr literally said he had more fun coaching that pathetic team that when it won, like, 15 games or whatever the year after Durant left than he had the year before when they went to an NBA Finals with the healthy Kevin Durant staff and all these guys. Like – he said he had more fun the next year. Think about what that says. And, like, look at the Nets. Do you think – I don't care what their crazy, psycho, KD, Kyrie stand portion of their, you know, 3,000-person fan base says. Um, there's no way this is fun. Like, nothing about this can be fun as a fan. And it's like this is the second team he's on in a row that, like, if you just kind of talk to the fans of that team – I feel like there's a fundamental lack of enjoyment you're getting out of it. And, like, to tie it back to the Knicks, this is a lot like why watching Julius last year sucked so much, right? It, it wasn't that he was just playing poorly, right? That it, That's its own thing. And we're Knicks fans. We have watched... There's so, so many, many players who we appreciate while they, pay poor, while they play poorly, <laughs> playing poorly being their main modes of playing. <laughs> Right, and it's just like, like it's not about that. It's there's there's something beyond that. Like the game isn't just about how great is your true shooting percentage, how efficient are you, what is your net line net rating stuff. Like it is also about like having fun and it being an uplifting kind of experience for you when you're on the team and as fans. And when that isn't there, like. I, it's just not there with him. I, I don't know how to explain that really. Like, and it's not like it's always been this way with him, right? Because when he was in OKC, those teams were super fun to watch. And um, you know, the first couple of years in Golden State, he was there. They were unreal, dominant, right? And like, genuine, generally, uh, genuinely, sorry, like really fun to watch the way they played. And then the longer he was there, the more they turned into like the KD show and. Kind of a dis, not dis, yeah, disjointed. I guess is maybe the better, better way of putting it. It's just like a lot of, lot more KD ISO stuff and, and leaning into that. And I don't know. It just, there's, 
again, like it, there is a mercenary element to it. Also, he doesn't feel like does it feel like he's invested in the Nets? Clearly not. You know, he's trying to get the fuck out. And it, he, I don't think anybody like when him going to Golden State that felt like he was he was like I don't even it's not even you can't even call it an internship. In soccer, you can buy players and then you can loan them out, right? You can loan them to another team to use. That's what that shit felt like. It felt like he went to Golden State for a couple of years because he had to, like, you know, get some things off his checklist, win championship, done. Win finals MVP, done. Like, now I can go proceed with the rest of my career, right? It just felt like a checklist event on his career versus a thing that was had permanence. Um, and it's funny because he played what, three years there and he played and LeBron, LeBron played four years in Miami, but don't LeBron's four years seem so much more, I don't even know, like it feels more fulfilling in some way, even though that was kind of a mercenary move at the time, but it, it felt like he at least was really invested in it when he was there. And I don't get the sense that KD was really invested in the Warriors when he was there. I think he was really invested in like what he could get out of the Warriors when he was there. And that's what it feels like with him. It's like his investment is about what does this do for me? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The Nets are the same. Actually, that's really great that you pointed that out because the the Nets are the same thing if you, like... If you think about it, because it, he, the the th- the boxes he checked in Golden State, you know, a chip, all those trophies, whatever, like he checked them, and now that's one of the goals. But so is just hooping with my peoples in a place where we could just hoop and have plenty of options and things to do, and we could still mind our own business and have fun. Like that's his championship right now, but. He's not able to. There, I think I don't think he had ever any idea that it would get this bad because he truly thought like, oh, like with the three of us, like there's, I'm Kevin. We Durant. can be nice. We can be nice. Okay. I'm Kevin Durant. We can be nice no matter what. And that's why he was okay with Nash and and the initial coaching hires because it's just like. Listen, you could fucking put whoever you want coaching us. Like our talent is is what it is, and we're gonna win no matter what. We're all getting in shape, blah blah blah. Like everything interpreted positively for good outcomes, and now that's not here. So he's like, "Well, this is fucked." 
I, I'm not feeling this no more. What's the next thing, right? Like, I don't know. Let me go play with book. Let me go go to Boston or whatever. That's just, it seems, it's not deep with him. It's just, it's just, oh, like, that didn't go how I went? Shit. All right, well, this is the next thing. <laughs> like, this is almost like a short attention span. It's like, yeah. It's like he, I don't know, there's no, I, I always, I like to talk about this because I think it's important. Like, I, I fuck the Celtics all day, every day on here. Um, but, like, if I were a Celtics fan, right, I would feel frustrated that they lost the finals, annoyed. There's all kinds of things. But I would feel invested in this team. Like, I, I right now, right, as it stands, I would feel really invested in this team regardless of what my frustrations are with not even just this past finals, but like, you know, we never made a, the, the trade for the star that we should have for like two, three, four years. Or, you know, we had a bad season last year. Like, whatever my frustrations, I would at least still be really invested in this group of players because there is like a connection to them being that you drafted them and they've, you know, or they've been here for a few years. Like, Horford wasn't a drafted Celtics or Celtic, but like, I would bet that Celtics fans feel invested in having him on the team and stuff like that, right? Because he was there for a while and like he is invested in your team also. Like it's a it's it's got to be both ways, right? Like so with Durant, you know, if he gets traded to Boston, right? He pushed for that trade and he is there for a specific purpose important to him like that that is what this trade request is ultimately about it is about i want something i don't think the nets can provide that for me anymore and therefore i want to be traded to let's look at the teams right the top teams apparently on his list phoenix was in the nba finals a year ago had the best record in the nba last year and just had a really shitty playoff okay another team miami lost in game seven of the eastern conference finals too Another team on his list, the Boston Celtics, who lost in six games to the Golden State Warriors in the finals. Uh, and then the fourth team that we got talked about today were the Sixers, who have his buddy James Harden and lost in the second round of the playoffs to Miami Heat, who lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics. Who, like it's it's like the it's some of the best teams in the league. And these are teams if they get Kevin Durant and retain most of their key talent would become and the title favorites. Like, he's there. He's coming to you to win a championship for himself. And, yes, I know players, every player that moves in trade, or if they're forcing a trade, but they move in free agency or whatever, of course they're looking out for themselves. But a lot of times, it's also because they buy into, like, what you're trying to build or whatever. They want to be part of it. And some of that shit is just, like, words. But as a fan, you do want to feel that, right? Like, you want to feel that. And I just think with Durant, it's so transparent at this point that he doesn't view it that way. He is, like, there to use your resources and then get the fuck out. And you know what? LeBron is like that, too. But when LeBron is there, it feels like... It's not even... He is there all the time. Up until the last two, three years of his career, he's been insanely durable, right? Like, mm-hmm. crazy durable. He, 
I can't believe I'm defending LeBron on this podcast. It's disgusting. Uh, he has. What have we become? <laughs> <laughs> like he hasn't requested a trade before, and yeah, you can tell me, well, that's because he's had short-term contracts. Guess what, Kevin? Be smarter then. Be more like LeBron and sign shorter-term contracts so you can always hold this over a franchise like the sword of Democles. Um, but, like, you know, like, the, to me, like, if you're going to do this mercenary thing, then you got to be as good as LeBron. Really, you got to be as good as LeBron. And KD's not. And so it's like, especially at this point in his career, I, I do understand. Like, I've seen a lot of people clowning Celtics fans like, oh, you wouldn't trade Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kevin Durant. <clears throat> I understand that completely, entirely as a fan. I do get that. I, I almost would. I think I, I'm not even. I would 100 percent feel the same way. Especially if my team had just gone to the NBA Finals, I'd be like, "Fuck that guy. We don't need him." Like, let, like I want to win with this group of guys. And if we do get somebody else. Let's do it a different way. I don't want to be forced into like trading for this guy who just wants to come here to enhance his own legacy. Because that's all it's about to him. It's not about anything else but that. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.